This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl. Shooter ready. Stand by. Welcome to Gun Owners Radio. We are your Second Amendment community. Interviews, product reviews, politics, trivia. Gun Owners Radio has it all and more. Check us out at gunownersradio.com and tune in every week to hear Dave Stahl, Michael Schwartz, and all our guests talk about everything Second Amendment. Here we go. All right, folks, welcome to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1 AM 1170. The answer. Well, folks, a self-defense event happens in seconds. And the time it takes to listen to this commercial, your life could change forever. I pray you're never forced to shoot in self-defense, but if you must, then you must be ready. That's why the USCCA exists, because every responsibly armed American should have the training and education to navigate uh, self-defense. And should you ever need it, the 24-7 critical response team is right there for you. To discover more about USCCA, visit uscca.com slash G-O-R. Act now because the life you save could be your own. USCCA.com slash G-O-R. All right, let's go around the horn and start with Gail from San Diego County Gun Owners. Gail, you there? No, uh, no Gail today, unfortunately. No, no Gail. No Gail. Where's Gail? I think she's actually working a, uh, we have a booth at the- uh, Spring Fling. Spring Fling in San Marcos, so she's probably working really hard. Maybe she'll call in in a couple minutes. I know they've already signed up. They've been super busy. They've already signed up like eight new members today. So uh, John Becker, thank you so much for setting that up, but uh, absolutely uh, invaluable to San Diego County Gun Owners. Um, Orange County Gun Owners, Heather Hawk, let's go to you. Hey, how are you guys doing today? Fantastic. How are you? I'm doing well. It's Sunday fun day, right? That's or right. Sunday gun day, I guess <laughs> I should say. <laughs> and what's the big excitement in Orange County? What's going on in Orange County? Uh, well, we had a tabletop at On Target yesterday, so we got to talk to a lot of people in the public, got a, signed up a new member, so uh, that was good. And then we've got a tabletop on Friday, actually, and we say um, at Lowe's Signature Resource Center in Placentia. They're having a barbecue, mm-hmm. um, and so we're going to hang out there. It's from Friday from 5 to 9. Um, and then our shooting social is coming up on Saturday the 8th uh, from 8 to 10 at FT3 Tactical in Stanton. So we've got some spaces left. So if anyone knows some new shooters or shooters that haven't taken their firearms out in a while and they want to get reacclimated with a range, it's a great time for them. So um, they can go to ocgunowners.com and then they can go to our show, shooting socials tab and the ticketing systems are there so they can sign up for tickets and join us there next Saturday. And you're also, of course, go to gunprom.com because your gun prom's coming up in May. Buy your tickets today. And then you're going to be out back on the show here in a couple of segments to talk about something something horrible that's going on in Irvine, right? Yep, yep. I'm going to okay. talk about something here in a little bit. So awesome. I'll be back on around 530. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you, Heather. We'll talk to you at 530. All right. Thanks, guys. And last but not least, Carla from Inland Empire. How are you? Well, how's everyone doing today? Fantastical. Oh, good. So we had a great shooting social yesterday. We had a steel target pistol competition that was just outstanding. Um, A lot of fun. And when that was done, we had an after action barbecue where we um, cooked up some hamburgers and hot dogs and sat around and just talked and had a great time and and discussed firearms and our favorites and things, you know, our, our best shot and things like that. That's so awesome. It was, it was a fantastic day. 
That's awesome. That I was mean, all. That was all for uh, Inland Empire folks, and uh, I think it was specifically the Ten Ringers, or, or or who was who all was there? Nope, it was open to everyone. Okay, we cool. we decided we were at first we were going to do just members, but we were like, you know what? Let's just open it to everyone. Whoever wants to show up, pay the forty five dollars and shoot and eat barbecue. They're welcome. And Shane from uh, from DTF was uh, a big part of that, right? Should we throw out a, a special yes. thanks to Shane Reagan, who's absolutely uh, one of the best instructors I've ever met, and I can't tell you how much I appreciate everything that you do, Shane. I hope you're listening and, and here say <laughs> thanks and praise you. Yep. Yeah, awesome. he's he's doing a great job with all of our shooting socials. He's he's making it really real worthwhile to come to a shooting social. Our next one, actually, in uh, April May is going to be a defensive encounters course for the members. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Excellent. Fantastic. And okay. Oh, Saturday we have a tabletop coming up at Warrior One. So come on down to Riverside Warrior One and say hello. We'll be out there. It's on Kansas uh, Avenue, Suite H in Riverside. Awesome. And go to InlandEmpireGunOwners.com for more information. Thanks so much. We're going to go. We fought, we got Gail. Gail found, figured out how to use the phone, and she called us. <laughs> so, Gail. Have a good, have you, a good one, everyone. So, yeah. Gail, hey, are, are you having fun in San Marcos? I'm out here working, Michael. Okay? <laughs> Gail, I'm out here working in the field. We are at the San Marcos Spring Fling today. Yeah. And having an absolute blast with the tabletop here. We have managed to garner eight new members. I saw that. Congratulations. And uh, it looked like we had five new ones yesterday at the clay shoot. And Thursday night, we had a great event for 10 ring members where we had a field team six guy come and talk to them. And I think that everybody really appreciated that. I'm going to let you guys talk about what's coming up next because I'm out here and I don't have access. Yeah, so, you were, you're out there I'm working the streets. In charge of that. The woman in the field. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I am. And, I am uh, reporting to you from the field. It's get, been a blast out here. People have been very receptive, and we're just having a great old time. Good. Give John Becker a big smooch on the cheek from me for setting all that up and working so hard. I will. John Becker has crushed it with this one. That He's the best. Make sure you say it's from it's Mike, so too. Fun. Yeah, <laughs> from me. It'll it'll make it tickle a little bit to simulate my my mustache. <laughs> All right, now well, now we're definitely moving on. Yeah, we're weird. moving okay. on. Things just got so, weird and awkward. Dave's got a mustache too now. So yep, new edit. Well, hey, you know what? Everybody had a beer. Later, we got. Bye, Gail. Bye. See you, Gail. Thank you. All right, before we go to a commercial break, I wanted a big, huge uh, uh, shout out here because the Rena case, which has to do with the uh, roster, mm-hmm. we got really really positive news. Last week, the bowling case, the judge came out and said, yep, you know what, the uh, uh, empty chamber indicator and the micro stamping, that's totally unconstitutional because it prevents guns from getting on the roster. Uh, and uh, it looks like, interestingly enough, the state is going to appeal it, but they're not appealing the micro stamp part because even they know that that micro sure, stamp they know. is completely yeah, And this is just another way there. Hopefully this will go through because they took the micro stamp. But off. even better news, um, similar case for with San Diego County gun owners is a, is a plaintiff, the uh, Rena case. Um, that forced the judge to come out and say, all right, let's, let's take a look at this in light of what's going on with Boland. And he, they basically said, that, yeah, this whole thing is unconstitutional. The three... 
three minus one, you know, where if you add one, you have to take off three. That's Mm -hmm. unconstitutional. What the heck? You can't do that. The micro stamp's unconstitutional. They basically said the whole thing is unconstitutional. So you think the roster may soon be dissolved? Well, here's the thing. I think that they'll keep ARs on it. Well, no, well they're not on the roster. Just well, pistol ARs. But what what they'll I think what'll happen is they're gonna clean out so much of this restrictive crap to get on the roster mm-hmm. that it'll it'll be almost you know it'll almost not exist. But there's gonna be some form of the roster. I don't know if that's gonna happen next week, next year, whatever. Yeah. It's still gonna take a lot of time. And then once they do clear out all this mess. Um, so that guns can actually get on the roster, then these manufacturers have to get their guns on the roster, but at least they'll be able to do it for the first time in decades. But that's huge. That's huge. Good things are happening. I mean, you know, for how many years, Dave, did we come in here and have to report bad news? More than I care to admit. And we've reported more good news in the past year than I think we've... Well, uh, it's it's, perseverance. You just got to keep... You just got to keep gotta keep keep mm-hmm. on keeping on keeping on keeping on in in uh, in celebration of your new mustache. Keep on keeping <laughs> on. Right? So, <laughs> all right, we're about to go to commercial break. We have the lovely Alicia back hey. in the studio. How I'm are back. you? Good, good, fantastic. You have a segment coming up, right? You're going to do. do a curtain call. We will. Excellent. And then, of course, Desi, who runs the uh, Not Me program. Hi, Mike. How are you? And I'm nobody good. pins a ribbon on anybody as good as she did. That's I had true. that stupid thing inside out, upside down. She fixed it. So you're going to tell us all about this ribbon when we come back? You got it. All right. This is Gun Owners Radio, FM 961 AM 1178. The answer. All right, folks. Welcome back. You are listening to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1178. The answer. April is Sexual Assault Awareness Month, and Not Me San Diego is hosting a number of events to help empower women with more tools to protect themselves. Stick around to get the details with Desi Bergman. But first, if you own a gun in California, you should have an attorney that specializes in California gun laws on your speed dial, because if you ever have legal matters that involve firearms, you need California's firearms lawyer, John Dillon, especially if you have questions about red flag laws, gun registration, gun transportation, and maybe you just need to know that your guns are California compliant. Our trusted firearms attorney is John Dillon. John Dillon specializes in California gun laws. Put his number on your phone right now. That's 760-642-7150. That's John Dillon, California firearms lawyer at 760-642-7150. Seven one five zero. Awesome, cool. You want to introduce our special guest? Our special guest is a, of course, a well-known uh, friend of the show and a regular and a regular. <laughs> and uh, her name's Desi, and she runs Not Me SD. She actually helps you. You help run all the Not Me programs, don't correct? Yeah. So, what's your? I don't even know what your official title is. We keep changing it. I feel like so I never know what it is, Mike. <laughs> it's thirteen credit card or thirteen business cards. You got to slow it. Yeah, down. really. Program, program. Well, you keep grand, adding on. Grand Poobah program. Yeah. Did you just start off in San Diego? I did. And then you had, then you got Riverside. Then you got and then you got Orange yeah. County. We're, we're trying to replicate what we have in San Diego and the other counties well, that it we works. have. So, it does. So f- people that maybe just tuned in, tell us. What's this all about? What, what What is this program for, who, and why? 
Sure, of course. So Not Me SD is a program that was created for women by women, and we are here to help women in three specific areas. So we want to help women purchase a firearm for the first time. We want to help them get training. And of course, we want to help them get their CCW or California Concealed Weapons Permit. Now, Not Me SD was kind of founded around the premises to help women that have been victims of domestic violence or sexual assault. And so this month, which is April, of course, is Sexual Assault Awareness Month. And it's observed every April, and it's a campaign that is aimed to increase awareness about the causes and risk factors of sexual assault and to empower individuals to take steps to prevent this in their communities. Now, I don't know if you guys know, but in San Diego, on average, three women a day are raped. One in three women will be sexually assaulted at some point in her lifetime. And 91% of rape and sexual assault victims are women. And in eight out of 10 cases, the woman knew the person who sexually assaulted her. That's crazy. Now, believe it or not, too, rape and sexual assault are the most underreported crime, where 63% of these go unreported because of fear of retaliation from their partner. That's crazy. That's absolutely insane. This is also the three-year anniversary, right? Correct. Uh, Yep, we were founded back in 2000. Yeah. This has been three years. No, it's four years. Four years. Oh, four years. 2019, a four-year anniversary of the program, correct. 2019. I'm not good with math. It's okay, Mike. That's why you have me. I can only count up to two. Did you get any cake? First Amendment, Second Amendment. I didn't get any. No. Okay. Oh, we should have a cake. How can we, we have, have a cake? Year. Look, you don't have, oh. have a birthday cake. <laughs> there should be cake in the break room. I know. There should be cake. In you the don't room. have a, a bur- break birthday. room, Mike. <laughs> no, we have one here. <laughs> well, you might, but we don't. We're working on it. We're working on it. Well, congratulations on running such a great program, yeah. Desi. How many people have gone through the program? In yeah, so at this point, we've had over 800 people actually go through the program. Wow. So it was a big milestone when a couple of weeks ago we actually hit our 800 mark. That was fantastic. My goal, of course, is to get to 1,000. Did by... you have a cake? Mike didn't get me a cake. Not even at 800? <laughs> no. How about this, Mike? When we hit 1,000, I get a cake. You get a cake. All right. All we'll right. get you 1,000. Or a cake at a thousand. A cake with a thousand candles. There you go. That would probably burn the house down. That'd be a big cake. So, goals a thousand. Goals a thousand, right? But for this month, it's a really big month for us, right? Because we really want to bring awareness about what goes on in your community and steps that you can take to prevent this and to really more be aware about your surroundings, right? So, I actually came up with this beautiful guide that. I have on our website, and you can actually download it if you go to gunownersradio.com slash notmesd. And this guide is kind of a resource we want to have to give the ladies as a tool to understand ways that she can kind of make herself more prepared in certain situations. So a couple examples about how you can be more aware is if you, in avoiding, you know, dangerous situations, walk with purpose. So if you're out and about in public, you know, walk with purpose, like you have somewhere you're going and know exactly where you're going. Trust your instincts. Now, this is one that I cannot stress enough, that if you ever feel uncomfortable in a situation for any reason, trust your instincts because there's going to be some reason why your instincts are telling you this doesn't feel safe, right? And another big one that, is make that sure. That little feeling. And when you say trust your it's that little feeling in the yeah. pit of your stomach. Exactly. Like, mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. I don't know about the situation, do right? Do you like, really want to jump off the roof of this house? <laughs> do you really want to do that? Yeah. Yeah. So, but no, you're, you're so right. And- I don't know why most people don't follow their, their gut. Some people just don't, they don't trust it, right? Because they're like, no, nah, it's nothing, right? But then. Like that's only happened once in their lifetime. And then look what happens after that. Something I bad happens. It again, it and again. Then oh it's like, oh, I shouldn't have ran that stoplight. Oh, and now I just got a ticket, right? Yeah. So you, you've got to trust your instincts. And simple things like making sure your cell phone's charged with you all, at all times, right? Just in case something happens. 
don't isolate yourself with someone that you've never, you know, met before, especially for those ladies that are out there going on all these, you know, online dates, right? Mm -hmm. Meet them in public because that's a situation you can put yourself into that you don't want to. And then when you're traveling, especially like when you're driving, lock your doors when you're in your car, right? Like that's something simple. Like I know a lot of- don't stop for anything unless it's gas, food, or anybody. If somebody's got three kids hanging on their arm and they're trying to wave you down- You're sure the next guy will help out. Yep. And we never used to have to be that way. I used to be known by the highway patrol to stop and help people with flat tires, run out of gas. I mean, they knew me because I did it all the time. Right. I haven't done it in years. I I, I can't do it. It's not safe, Dave. And I'm not worried about me. It's just, what are you going to walk into? Yeah, that's right. You never know. Right. Crazy. I mean, keep jumper cables in your car, right? And just in yeah. case something happens, oh, man, it's just simple things like that. Or, you know, plan your route and know like what safe places are along your route that you can go to, like police stations, fire stations, right? Or even like hospitals just in case. Like those are just simple things that you can do while you're driving. You know, another one that's a real good one. I don't know if you have it on your list because that's a good list. As an employer, mm-hmm. I always recommend nobody, no women goes from the business to their car alone. Right. Insist on having somebody walk with you. Right. You Always know. walk in pairs. Always walk in pairs. And and so many businesses that I've worked at never thought about it. They go, that's ah, no big deal. They, you know, they go, yeah, all it has to happen is once. All it has to happen is once, yeah. right? Well, now let's talk about the home, right? So there's a lot of things that you can do just by keeping your home safe. So, of course, lock your doors whenever you get home, right? Make sure that as soon as you walk in, you lock the doors. Even if it's for someone like answering the door, an Amazon package, make sure your doors are locked at all times. A lot of us, you know, unfortunately we don't own because it's San Diego, but install a security system if you can, or even have like, you know, those motion sensor lights that will turn on and off if someone's like outside your house. Um, don't prop your doors, keep your blinds closed at night, right? Like we don't want any people watching in your house if they can see it open at night. Um, other simple things you can do is keep cash with you at all times, just in case, right? In an emergency, you never know what's gonna happen around here. Um, establish code words with your family that if you call them, and you say a specific word, they know that something's wrong. Mm. And have important phone numbers memorized. A lot of times we all have phone numbers in our phones programmed so we don't memorize them, but at least have three to four key people memorized. So in case you lose your cell phone and you can get to another phone, you have those key numbers memorized so you can call the person that you need to. Absolutely. Carry pepper spray, right? Like this is something that we preach a lot. Carry pepper spray with you and your firearm if you have your CCW. Carry a flashlight. Like these are just little things that you can add to kind of your tool belt to have other things to protect yourself while you're out and about. Um, Being situationally aware, right? Like we'll talk about that more here in just a little bit about things that you can do to be aware of your situation. But let's talk about risks in social situations. When you're at a social gathering, make sure that you're going with people to these social gatherings. Like Mm -hmm. go with a group, even if it's just a pair. Check in with each other throughout the night. Like make sure you know where each other is at and that there's nothing bad going on. And this is, again, where I can't stress enough, trust your instincts. Mm. You're at a party and something doesn't feel safe or at a social gathering and something just feels off, trust your instinct. Leave if you need to or, again, leave if you need to. It doesn't matter. But we want to make sure that you're staying safe at all times. So so much of this goes back to uh, just being assertive, mm-hmm. you know, which is really, really hard to to do for some people naturally to be right. assertive. We're taught to be polite. We are taught to be polite. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and compliant and you don't want to rock the boat or whatever. But I, I, I think that um, being assertive is something you can kind of fake it till you make it. Right. You know, like you don't even have to be assertive to be assertive. Yep. You know, you can kind of play the part. Um you know, just keeping your chin up 
and your eyes open, your head on a swivel, you know, mm-hmm. makes you like you were saying, you know, walk with a purpose. Yep. Um, and th- those kind of things. But that assertiveness is kind of a, the foundation of so many of these things, you know, Correct. even the ability to trust your instincts and, and listen to that voice inside is really being assertive because if you're not listening to that voice, if you're not, you know, uh, trusting that pit in your stomach, you know, it's because you d- you're not being assertive uh, externally. Correct. You know, someone is telling you, hey, do this or hey, let's, you know, whatever. And you're going, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to rock the boat. You know, no, be assertive. Hey, you know what? This doesn't feel right. But again, uh, you don't have to be, even if you lack confidence. And I, I think if, you know, a lot of us. Fake it till you make it. Exactly. Fake it till you make it. Fake it till you make it. Another thing too, that we always like to talk about too, is let's say you're at a bar in a social situation and someone offers to buy you a drink. Mm-hmm. For us ladies, that never happened. Hap- <laughs> it's it's never so happened far, to me before. 47 never years, happened before. never happened. But never happened before. <laughs> But if someone offers to buy you a drink, either say no or mm. walk with that person to the bar and watch the bartender pour it. And if you have to leave your drink unattended at any point in the night, get a new one, right? Because you want to make sure you can avoid, you know, certain situations where someone might roofie your drink or, you know, do something to it. So making sure you're very well being aware of your surroundings. Make sure you're aware of who's around you, what you're, what's in your drink, what's in your food, right? right. Like. That's the last thing we want something to happen is for you just to not pay attention to your drink and all of a sudden something gets slipped into it, right? Like it happens more I'm not than we would home. think. It's extreme. It's so ridiculously yeah. common. It's very common, yeah. particularly in in you know like party places like mm-hmm. the like gas lamp quarter, Ve- like gas lamp or Las Vegas yeah. or whatever. Unbelievably uh, common. That's why yep. I don't go. That's what because you're afraid someone will roof you. Whatever that means. I think you're probably okay. You're I, I, right? I think you'll be okay, Dave. I think I'll be safe. I think you'll be okay. Nothing to worry yeah. about. Nothing to if worry about. If anyone ever buys you a drink, probably <laughs> you're going to go. You're, you're going to be, be all right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are so mean. <laughs> I just try to figure out what roofie is. <laughs> uh, it's somebody that you know puts a roofs you puts a new ceiling on your. Is yeah, that, it's a roofer. As a roofer, you guys are both. Crazy. Neither one of you know what the heck it stands for either any more than I did. But now all Roof this information, all kidding aside, yeah, just be prepared. That's all you can at be any prepared. Le- at any level that is you're comfortable with, but try to push yourself to that next level. And we want to be pushing our friends to be at that next level I too. Am, and I that's am. one of the reasons why we do so much with Not Me is we want to preach, like, be prepared, be aware. And, you know, if I can protect these women one at a time, yeah. then I'm doing my but job. I always tell everybody, go as a group. Correct. Get your girlfriends, get your sister, get Girls your mother. Girls' night out. Girls' night out. Absolutely. You'll never have more fun. All right, this is Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. Welcome to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. Orange County Gun Owners is dedicated to preserving and restoring Orange County self-defense rights. And if you live in Orange County and you want to help defend and restore the Second Amendment, you need to join ocgunowners.com slash join. Orange County Gun Owners is the do-something organization to restore and defend the Second Amendment. Volunteer at a shooting social at a gun shop and tabletop and help more pro-gun local officials get elected. Save the date. Orange County Gun Owners Prom 
is May 20th. Become a member at ocgunowners.com slash join. I like the dramatic music. Yeah, I know. Right to the end, too. Did Man. you see how well he did he that? He planned that. I'm impressed. All right, we're back to Desi Bergman talking the Sexual Assault Awareness Month, which is something near and dear, but it should be more like 12 months. Should but you be. got but you got to be prepared. Got to be prepared. That's the bottom line cuz don't come to me and say guess what happened. I don't want to hear it. Unless no, you Cuz I would have said take one of my classes. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? And what was what would you say the percentage stay as as ambassadors? I would say it's not a huge percentage that come back and be ambassadors once they go through the program. I've definitely had a handful, yeah. but I would always love to see more women come back. But and you get also back have referrals for the ones that have already taken it. Of right? course. Of Out course. of that 800. I mean, you know, that's, and that's what's important. I mean, if you had a massive budget, I don't know who runs this company, but if you had a, you could have billboards, you could have air. Oh, that would be you. <laughs> I was going to say it would be that guy right over there. Would it be that guy right there? I'll, it, Let's paint it on the side of it, your Jeep. <laughs> we'll put a teal, you know, star on the side of your Jeep, Mike. Uh, oh, yeah. What is this that you so eloquently put? Yes. You so didn't it, give one to Mike. Yeah, dude, he has right it right here. Well, how come you're not wearing it? it? I just Watch. Don't, I don't put a hole in my shirt. Oh, my God. So the teal ribbon that That's you see shirt. most of us wearing, except for Mike... <laughs> It's a symbol to bring awareness to Sexual Assault Awareness Month. So that's what the teal ribbon is for. So it's just that reminder about what this month is. Okay, very good. So just an easy reminder. I put probably 100 of these together. So it's kind of fun doing this. We'll be giving them out of all the events, you know, just to bring more awareness to what our cause is for April. Right, right. So April, again, it's Sexual Assault Awareness Month. And not me, SD. It's doing our part to help empower women with more tools in our tool belt to protect ourselves. So I have planned a series of four events for April. And they're happening every Thursday. We kick off the month with a virtual CCW seminar put on by yours truly, mm-hmm. where we'll be walking the ladies through the process on how to apply for their CCW. So that's the application, that's additional resources, kind of talking about the weight. And Mike, how many CCWs are we at in San Diego now? Over 10,000, almost 11,000 CCWs. Yeah. Almost 11,000 yeah. CCWs. Crazy. Insane. I remember when I was talking to uh, the former undersheriff, this was years ago, and he was like, yeah, you know, I, I think uh, I think we can probably get this to about 10,000. And I remember thinking to myself, we're going to blow right through 10,000. Like, <laughs> you know, he was like, yeah, you know, like, I don't know, maybe 10 years from now, it'll probably be about 10,000. Well, it took us, what, three, maybe four, four years. years. <laughs> yeah, we're blowing <laughs> right through I, it. I think yeah. we're doing well with our projections. Well. And that, by the way, is an example of uh, a good example of uh, picking your battles. Because I just thought to myself, yeah. mm, okay, let's just see how that goes. Yeah. We don't need to argue that right now. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think you're right. I, I think. To, to navigate through something like this because you can only mess up once. Well, and to yeah. walk people through the application because there's such a big perception out there that I can't get a CCW in, in San Diego or it's impossible. Still, so we, we break that perception. And I don't know how many people I still talk to like, I can't get a CCW. No, you can. So that's our first Thursday, which is actually this upcoming Thursday. And the next Thursday on the 13th, we're doing a pepper spray and situational awareness class put on by Miss Alicia over here. Thank you for volunteering your time for that. Absolutely. That's awesome. Do you want to yeah. talk about what that class is? Sure. So what we're going to be doing is we're going to be uh, not only talking about situationally uh, when it, when and how to apply it and use it. Um, we'll talk about reasons and, and purposes. We'll talk about places and how and where to carry it. Um, we will talk about the, the science behind the, the, the OC and what, what the, the chemical components that are in it. We will go over the mechanics of how to apply it and use it. And the women will get a chance to participate and Practice. With dummy ones, with not with real ones. Inert um, OC spray. <laughs> well, she invited me over 
I didn't yeah, know we why. thought you'd be our test subject. That's what I thought. <laughs> so I've actually taken this class multiple mm-hmm. times, and anytime we put this on, it's always great to you know really learn more about the different instructors that put these classes on. Oh, you learn something different. You every still time. learn something different every time, and I always feel like when I lead these classes, I'm way more aware of like my surroundings and even mm-hmm. like little things like not being on your cell phone while you're out and about, like walking to and from. Like anytime I'm walking to and from anywhere, I always put my cell phone away. And what's interesting is I love when I when we do this class and you see a lot of like the mother daughter duos. And when we talk about, you know, not being on your cell phone all the time, you just see the moms just look at the daughters and like, yeah, uh-huh, don't be on your cell phone the whole time. And so I always like look out for that. I'm like watching. Like, yeah, all right, I kid, know you're going to, yeah. And the kid gives her that look. Yeah, like, and they're yeah. just like, all right, mom. Yeah. Um, so that's a great class. And so that's on the 13th. And then on the 20th, we're doing part two where Dakota from A Girl and a Gun is doing image-based decision-making. Now, I've never taken this class before, but what I understand is that the purpose is to show you an image, and from there, you have to only defend yourself with what you have on you, whether that be pepper spray or your gun or a knife, but you can only defend yourself with what you have on you. You have to make a good first decision. Yep. Have you taken this class before? I'm an instructor for it. Yeah. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Do you want to talk a little bit more about sure. it? Uh, so yeah, since Im- you're here. It's, yeah, <laughs> since you're here. So it's uh, image-based decisional drills. It's, it's, a, um, it's a concept put together by Brian Hill with the complete combatant. And it's a really great way to bring to bring training in a different way. It, 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 so, it, and Desi's correct. There's a series of cards. There are essentially large flashcards with any number of given scenarios. And, and it really, what it is, it's going to be flashed to you. They give you five seconds to make a good first decision. Now that first decision mm-hmm. is that to either pull your gun, pull out your pepper spray, something to that effect. Could be it could be to make a nine one one phone call. Okay, it could be it could be that there's nothing that needs to be done. It could mm-hmm. be that you walk away. So, so do you know all these rules before before, before you do? Yeah, this? yeah. So yeah, the, the, initially in the beginning part of the class, you'll talk about all your options. Oh, okay. I get yeah, it. and not yeah. everything is reactional. Not everything needs a response. I was and gonna, so, and there, there isn't really. You ever done it? Correct, I, I didn't. I missed the class, but from the feedback I got, it was. Uh, uh, there may not necessarily be a right answer. Right. It just kind of leads to a discussion on, well, exactly. there's a couple different options. There are pluses and minuses to mm-hmm. each, right? Absolutely. And it's it's and and what's kind of interesting is not only is there going to be this image or this situation that's put out in front of you, but they can change that dynamic up. Like they could, they may also tell you, well, you have you have a, a baby in tow with you. So you sometimes have to take those things into account or you have mm-hmm. arms full of, of groceries. Mm-hmm. Um, this situation happens while you're in your vehicle, you know, whatever it may be. So mm-hmm. it's it, it, it just really gets you thinking, you know, could it in a specific way, if something were to happen, what would I do? Yeah. What yeah. would I do? So this is a great class. Mm-hmm. And again, this is a series of our trainings that we're doing for Not Me SD for Sexual Assault Awareness Month, right? Mm-hmm. Like we want mm-hmm. to give as many tools as we can to these women to empower them. Sure. And then the final event that we're doing that I'm really excited about is we're doing a cocktail hour with our new sheriff, Kelly Martinez. So she's going to be going over current state of affairs of sexual assault, uh, what measures are currently being taken, what to expect when an incident occurs, and additional county resources. So I'm really excited to hear from our new sheriff, you know, like what she's got going on and what her and her team are helping. When is that? That's on April 27th. Where, Where is it? Um, it's at Elijah's Restaurant here in Claremont. So if you want to attend, you can definitely sign up on our website. It's there. It's open to all of our members and special guests. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. we're trying to get a good amount of people there to show support. Sure. But Kelly, you know, definitely. She's a great, she's a great lady. You got to come She's a great lady. I know San Diego County Gun Owners, we helped get her elected, of course. So she definitely appreciates what we do in the county and, of course, what Not Me SD is doing. So I'm really excited to hear what she has to say and what her and her team are doing because Honestly, I don't know. I haven't done a lot, enough research to understand mm-hmm. what she's doing in our community, but 
it'll be great to hear from her, and I think she's going to draw a pretty good crowd. Right. I'm I totally, I'm going to miss totally it. Agree. Yeah, you're, you're not going to be here. I'm going to be in Colorado. Yeah. What are you doing in Colorado? I'm going to the Girl in a Gun conference out in Colorado. Yeah, so I'm doing a, a week-long shooting. John Korea will be there. It's a lot the, of fun. All the funsies will be there. Yeah. yeah there's working the, with John uh, uh, John Farnham. Who's John Farnham? He's a an old-school NRA instructor who's been around for a long time. Does she have a gun on her's radio shirt? Who? Ooh. Alicia? <laughs> Ooh. I don't know. What do you I, mean you don't know? I will have to do you well, let's ask her. Yeah. Hold on one second. Hey, Alicia, you need to advertise while quick you're question. <laughs> I do. I yeah. do. Do you have business cards? I do not. Dang. Well, we're here to talk about not me SD today and not Alicia's <laughs> t shirt. Hey, so she's going out to Denver. She's got she's got And I'm gonna put her in a not me SD t shirt and have her support my message. Oh <laughs> man, I wait should have waited till you left. You should have waited until after brought it up on another show. So I well, you know me, I'm a little spontaneous. Right. This this whole month though that you put together is very cool. Yeah, very cool. And there's very actually cool a couple indeed. things. Uh there are a couple of uh, cool announcements that are gonna happen in April regarding uh not me that we can't talk about yet, <laughs> but it's gonna be a very, very good month. I don't even think Des- I don't I don't know about I these. Know, I was don't. like, wait a second, what are what are we talking about You'll here, Mike? See. <laughs> You'll see. Oh, you are getting in one the of car. them. You, one of them you know about. The other one you don't know about yet. So am I getting a promotion again? You're not another getting another title change. No, you're not getting a demotion. <laughs> no. You but move, uh, yeah, but what a great hard. program, Desi. You do such a good job. Yeah. Thank you, Mike. Um, I think uh, you know I've get, get nothing but positive feedback. Yeah. I mean, and this program is very near and dear to my heart. So right? let's like, talk. Let's talk about that. Yeah. I mean, did Mike write this all down for you and give no, you on a pad is... of paper and say, "Here's what you need." Mike has given. This is the first time I've talked to Desi in three months. No, I'm kidding. No. We talk all the time. Yeah, Mike but you know I what I'm saying. Time, but this was your. This is my baby project. This is what I put together for the month. I told Mike, "Hey, I want to put together a series of trainings for not me for April." And Mike said, "Do it. Do what you want. Like right. whatever you need, just let me know." And so, what I love right now about working with you know Mike and Gail is they're giving me the freedom to put these things into place that I want to for the program. And it's really helped take this program, I feel like, to the next level. Like, I never thought that, you know, now we'd be at 800 women through the program. And to be at 1,000 by the end of the year is definitely a goal that I know we can hit. But what's great is this program helps so many women. And when you think about the impact that we make, that ambassadors like Alicia make, I mean, we're making an impact on these women and giving them that confidence that's going to last with them for their lifetime. So even though mm-hmm. the work that we do might seem kind of small in certain points, that impact is, again, it's going to be with them huge. for the rest of their life. It's huge. And so the fact that we've helped 800 women, it's great, but there's definitely a lot more opportunity because there's 3.5 million people in San Diego. So how You're many women out there are the just scratching the surface? And so my goal is to help as many women as we can. I have my team of ambassadors. Like we're ready for you to reach out to us and it's free to apply. Like we don't charge you anything to be a part of our program to get the information that you're looking for. And for any of these ladies out here that are interested in attending these classes that we spoke about, if you download the PDF that's on gunownersradio.com forward slash not me SD, I'm going to be giving away two free classes to the first two women that download the PDF. So if you want to attend, I still have spots open and we'd love for you to come join us. One woman at a time, we're going to help everybody in San Diego that we can. And then, I mean, you know, when you hear elected officials say, well, gee, we, we have to stop gun violence. You know, mm-hmm. what, what laws do you support or what public policy do you support to stop gun violence? Because the only, the only thing they can come up with, of course, are gun bans. This is a perfect example of public policy that will help stop gun violence. Is that, that's keeping people safe, training them, especially women Absolutely. that are uh, disproportionately affected by these types of violent crimes. Awesome job, Dave. Thanks, Mike. All right, folks. If uh, This is Gun Owners Radio, FM 961 AM 1170. The Answer.
right, folks, welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 961, AM 1170. The answer. Hey, did you know we have a world-class flight training school right here in San Diego? Pilots can fly almost every day, which makes San Diego one of the best places to learn how to fly in the world. Learn to fly with San Diego Flight Training International. Check out this deal. Just for gun owner radio listeners. One hour of ground school. One hour of flight. Actually flying with an instructor. Normally $400. For radio listeners, $350. Getting started is super easy. Give them a call at 858-569-1822. Or go to learn to fly with SDFTI. But I'd call them at 858-569-1822. Learning to fly. Learning to fly. we got to get somebody. I know we've had some listeners that have gone through this, and we got to get somebody on to uh, talk about their experience because I think it's fascinating. What, learning to fly? Learning th- to fly through through their school. through. Uh, you should do that. I don't, I, Come on. One day. Get you in a little Cessna. <laughs> I, fl- I, fl- I flew a uh, Cessna 172 once. Yeah, I did too. It was awesome. Yeah. All right. Okay, so our next guest... Uh, is Ken Stretz um, from Stretz Tactical, and uh, the subject is we're going to talk about training under stress. Ken, you there? Yeah, I'm here, guys. Or training under stress, I guess is what we should. I knew. Say, right? <laughs> well, I knew you were. The say people that. I work with uh, at my day job, they'll probably tell you under stress. But, yeah, <laughs> you, 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 you stretch them out. <laughs> Exactly. You know how many times I've heard that play on that? I know, I know. I have zero originality <laughs> here, my friend. It's, it's, yeah, but it's probably well-deserved on my part, to be honest. So. <laughs> and plus, you got to live up to it, so, you know, it's all good. Yeah, exactly. Don't want to let people down. No. So talk a little. Let's, first, let's, let's give some backgrounds for some folks who uh, didn't hear. I know we, uh, we've had you on before, but for some yep. folks who uh, didn't hear that interview, just talk a little bit about Stretch Tactical and who you are and where you are and, and what you do. Sure. So uh, I'm Ken Streps. I own Streps Tactical. Uh, uh, I'm the guy who can't say the name of my company. <laughs> but you do it well. Uh, <laughs> That's what you get uh, for background. making fun of my joke right there. Instant <laughs> karma. Oh, that was that was a joke. Okay. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Uh, so my my background: nine and a half years in the Army Reserve. Uh, did a year and a half as a communication support soldier. In First Battalion, Eleven Special Forces, uh, that unit got disbanded. Transitioned into military police. Did another year, uh, eight years as an MP, uh, and got out just before the the GWAT started. So I missed out on that party. And I've been a cop in New York for 26 years. Started with the NYPD, uh, and since then I worked at state, county, local level in a variety of different capacities, uh, including SWAT, uh, firearms instructor. Uh, started my current agency's first patrol rifle program, um, done undercover prostitution enforcement, presidential and foreign dignitary security details, uh, done a bunch of different things. It was involved in a line of duty shooting and another incident. I watched another officer get involved in a shooting. I've responded to a lot of shootings and stabbings as a police officer, and I've taken those experiences in the streets of New York, and I've coupled them with having attended over 100 shooting schools uh, on my own as a student, and I've forged them together to uh, create Stretch Tactical, which is a mobile Firearms training company. And I'm based in New York, but I do classes in California, Texas, Pennsylvania, New York, Connecticut, pretty much you know anywhere. I've done my travel. That's awesome, Ken. And you, you used a term. It's so funny. You know how you hear a term for the first time, and you've never heard it before, and then you hear it like ten times in the <laughs> next week. So I just learned that the term that you just used, the GWAT, which stands mm-hmm. for. Have you, Dave? Have you heard GWAT mm. before? It stands for Global War on Terrorism. Uh, Which we won. I don't know if you heard, but under Biden, he said, all right, we won. And then, boom. I I don't think so. Yeah, we won. That's what he said. 
So oh, I forgot. Yeah, that's he what said he we said. Won. So there it is. No more terrorism. I, I think I think Obama uh, pulled back that term at some point. It wasn't politically correct, if I remember right, and that's probably why a lot of people haven't heard of it. Actually, uh, I, I honestly I just heard it Thursday night. We had a guy, a, a seal, come down and talk to us. And he talked about GWAT, and I'd never heard that term before. And then, boom, you used it, and someone else used it, too. It's so weird. <laughs> All right, so uh, so talk about training under stress. Why, why should people um, inject stress into their training environment when they're learning firearms? <clears throat> sure. So it, it may sound like, you know, oversimplified to say it, but obviously you, you get in a, you know, use of force or lethal force encounter – you're going to be under stress, right? Uh, and there's really no way to, to fully replicate that unless I started shooting at you and they tell me that's illegal, so I don't do that in my classes. Um, so you have to find other ways to learn how to perform under stress, right? So the first one, and before you get to the learning how to train under stress, you got to have a good, solid foundation of the fundamentals, right? So accuracy, um, weapons manipulation, and by accuracy, what do I mean? So you just got your permit, you've been doing some training stuff, where where should you be on the accuracy piece before you move on to something else? I would say at 25 yards, if you could shoot, say, five, six-inch group, uh, you're kind of there. You can still hone it in a little bit from there, or you can put an NRA B8 uh, bullseye up and shoot 10 rounds from 25. If you can shoot, say, a 90% or better, I think you're kind of there on the accuracy piece. And from there, you know, work on your, your presentations, draws, reloads, malfunctions. Once you have that type of stuff, uh, dialed in pretty good. Now you start moving into the the training under stress. So how do you do that? Well, I'm, and I'm glad I'm, you can, simple... not just to interrupt real quick. I'm glad yep. you said that. I think that that's extremely valuable. I feel like people try to um, go too far too fast. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. and especially right, Alicia. Absolutely. I think inexperienced uh, instructors, uh, or you know, are you know unintentionally trying to show off. So they go, yep. all right, okay. Now you hit the target once, you know, you hit the bullseye one time. So now I'm going to yell in your ear and blow a horn and, you know, and pull from concealment and, you know, whatever. Call your nasty names. Yeah, I'm going to call your nasty names. I'm going to push you in front of a car in traffic and then you have to hit the target, you know. So I'm glad you said that. I think that that's an excellent uh, kind of guideline for when you should start doing this this type of training. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And it's, you know, honestly, it's not just the instructors, you know, we live in the Instagram social media world. And it's an important as, as, a, as a business owner to use social media, you know, get your name out there or whatever. But uh, as, as far as like students, sometimes it's an ego driven thing. My buddy, Mike, God rest his soul, passed away a few years ago. He reached out to me. I'd worked with his mom years ago at a sheriff's department. And he's like, Hey, you know, my mom said you're the guy to come to, you know, just got, well, he's, I think he'd been shooting like two years at the time, had never taken a class. And he's like, when is your next advanced class? And I'm like, Oh boy. So yeah. I didn't want to insult, insult him and suggest him taking something else. Cause I knew his mom. And I'm like, all right, you know, here's where it is or, or when it is. So he comes out to the class. He couldn't clear uh, a double feed, and he was having problems reloading, stuff like that. So to, to his credit, afterwards, he's like, all right, uh, when's your, like, basic defensive or tactical pistol class? So he, he realized it after the fact. So I give him credit on that. But uh, So it's not always the instructors and how they try to sell the sexy stuff. Sometimes it's our own egos, right? We're ego-driven creatures. So um, you know, once you got the, the, those basics down, simple things like getting a shot timer, right? So you can go online and you can, you can spend $125 on a shot timer. They have cheap apps you can get on your phone and use as a shot timer. And what that does is it, it gives you a start time and an end time, and you can adjust them. 
and you can go online and look at some different drills and, and some standards out there on uh, one shot from the ready or one shot from uh, concealment or a build drill, which is six rounds in under three seconds at seven yards. Um, you can look at some of these drills online and just practice them yourself. Or you could take a class with somebody like me. Like I, I have made 20 and 21. I'll be out there in Palo, California for a two-day advanced tactical pistol class. We'll be doing a lot of uh, drills on the shot timer. Uh, so something like that. Physical duress is another one. You can run around the range. You can grab uh, kettlebells if you've got kettlebells at home. And I, I know sometimes some ranges are limited, so you obviously got to have a, a gun club or a range that will allow you to do that. But you can bring your kettlebells to the range and go down by the target line, run up, grab the kettlebells, you know, jog down, jog back up, and then draw and, and fire under that physical duress. Because that, uh, that, that simulate, because when you're stressed, whether you've been uh, moving or not, when you're stressed, you know, you jump up and boom, like, you jump out of bed because someone's broken into your house, right? Now your, yep. your stress level is up. Sure. All the same things happen to you or very similar things happen to you as when you, you know, run a half mile or, you know, sure. do, do, you know, you exert yourself, you know, your, your, uh, your, your heart rates up, your blood pressure, everything, you know, all the adrenaline. same things happen, right? Adrenaline flows. I can tell you that, uh, the line of duty shooting I was in, uh, for over an hour afterwards, I had chest pains and they put me on an EKG somewhere, hour 15, hour and a half mark. And, uh, my heart rate was like 110, you know, normal 60 to 80. Uh, beats per minute so that long after and i was still feeling the physical effects of it so uh it's it's important to do stuff like that right not not just you know because it may look cool or you think it, it actually has some value right um so another one is competition right and there's there's always that argument you know competition will get you killed in the streets and it's it's kind of ridiculous you're not competing, whether it's IDPA, which is more defensive or tactical based or IPSC or three, you're not doing that stuff to learn tactics. You're doing that stuff to learn how to shoot under pressure, right? You know, we have the ego piece, right? You want to shoot really good and you're going to see other people out shoot you and you're be like, Oh my God, they, they were amazing. How do I get like that? And, you know, it, so you got the ego piece there, especially if you go with some friends, right? Like, you know, you can talk smack to each other, you know, I outshot you or, you know, your draw was so slow. You can make fun of each other and, it just adds that little bit of stress, right? So competition is a good one. Uh, and then probably my favorite is force-on-force training. So mm. for people that are not familiar with force-on-force training, um, some people use Airsoft, but um, there's other products out there called Simunitions or UTMs, basically real guns modified to shoot a, uh, like a, a detergent, a colored detergent projectile, and you put people in scenarios. you got protective gear to protect your face and your eyes and stuff like that. And it puts you in a scenario like you're in a, uh, a supermarket and someone comes in and robs it or someone tries to carjack you or home invasion or whatever and see how you do uh, in those situations. And what I like to do when I teach those classes is throw in curveballs. Here's a situation you shouldn't have shot at all. Or maybe, yeah, you could have shot, but maybe it would have been better to be a good witness. Or you're focused in on this guy and you didn't see there was another guy there. Uh, and that's really, I think, where the rubber meets the road. Um, not just for the stress piece, but all of your firearms training. Uh, and then another one, believe it or not, that's really good is uh, live fire shoot houses. And not a lot of people offer them, but when you get in a shoot house and you're moving around and you get different things to look at and think about, 
your accuracy really falls apart if you if you don't really dial yourself in. So. Ken, what's what, 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 yeah. your your website? Because we want people to, to join you in May when you're out here. How do people find that? Sure, it's stretztactical.com. That's S-T-R-E-T-Z tactical.com. And they can just double-click on the training page. And it's uh, May 20 and 21st, uh, Pala, California, out of Christensen Combatives. Two-day advanced tactical pistol. Cool. All right, man. Hey, this is Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The Answer. This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl. All right, folks, welcome back. This is Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. Inland Empire gun owners strive to be the ounce of prevention in the fight your gun rights. How do they do it? They do it by fundraising and getting local pro-gun candidates elected. So become a member today. Go to iegunowners.com slash join and join the growing number of responsible gun owners stepping up to defend our Second Amendment rights. That's iegunowners.com slash join. Can't believe I missed last Thursday. I know. It was cool. How about coming by and just picking me up? Well, I, you I think live, that's what I got to start doing. You just sort of live here, there, and well, yeah. I kind of like. Can I get a limo? No. I well, have to ride if, the jeep. If, if by if you I have sp- to ride in the jeep, if you want to spell limo J E E P, then yes, absolutely. You can okay, have. but you got a new top. It was very cool. Uh, ten ring members. That's our highest membership. Ten ring members yeah. pay a thousand dollars a year or hundred dollars a month, and a donation to be our uh, our highest level. And one of the things that we do for them is we have cocktail hour yeah. every other. Month uh, last, let's see, January was the sheriff. This last week, we had a uh, an operator, a true operator from SEAL Team Six, come and talk about what it's like to be uh, not just a SEAL, but uh, on uh, SEAL Team Six or Dev Group or mm. Damn Neck or whatever you want to call whatever it. Whatever you want to call it. Anyway, it was awesome. I had a lot of people there. Um, a lot of fun was had by all, and it was very very cool. So Desi, now you guys are doing Gun Owners Radio Range Day on, on April twenty third. Talk about it. Yeah. Go for it. So this is going to be really cool. So Rich and I have been working together to put this event together for our ten ring members. We've opened it up to some of our volunteers as well, and then we also have some of our ambassadors that are going to be there. So it's going to be a fun outdoor shoot. Right. We don't get to shoot outdoors nearly as often as we want. So shooting on steel. We'll be doing some moving and shooting through the Grove, which is really fun. So a lot of steel targets down there. And then I'm going to butcher this. Is it ex I don't know how you say that. We don't either. Ex okay. nihilo. Okay. Ex nihilo. Ex nihilo. And Franklin Armory will have a product out there to demo. And then Gunfighter Tactical will have some demo products. We'll be able to shoot their PCC and AR pistol. I thought AR pistols weren't really allowed in California anymore. Well, that's why Gunfighter Tactical is going to be there. Oh, perfect. So then we'll... They'll be there. Um, normally, the shoot is 100 bucks, but we're having it $20 for 10 ring members. So if you're interested, you know, definitely email myself or Gail. That way we can get you signed up or even Rich. But that's going to be a lot of fun. Rich and I have been planning that for a while, so we're really looking forward to this fun outdoor event. Hopefully it's not raining and we have a good sunshine weather. There you go. Subscribe and win. If you go to gunownersradio.com and subscribe to the newsletter, you might win. Last week's winner is... <laughs> 
Gary Rennie. Congratulations, Gary. You're going to win a cool Gun Owners Radio prize pack. Uh, members win free training. If you if you uh, subscribe, you could win uh, Strutz Tactical 2-Day Advanced Pistol on May 2021. Uh, enter drawing at gunownersradio.com slash training the number four members. Training for members. Training the number four members. So that's gunownersradio.com slash training the number four members. Winner will be announced on April 30th. Of course, we just heard from Ken. It was a fantastic interview. And now for an awesome new segment, uh, Curtain Call with Alicia Curtain. A little pressure. Fire away. No pressure. Right, no pressure. So uh, this is this week. There's, so there was a case in Phil- out of Philadelphia. Um, it involves an older gentleman. He was, I believe, 72 years old. And he was involved in a self-defense incident. He did use his firearm. It was discharged. Um, so I just want to talk a little bit about this. So, so you, you know, if, uh, if you're, you know, we had John Korea on a couple of weeks ago. If you follow John Korea, and you know, or if you um, Chuck Haggard, all those guys, you know, sometimes you'll hear them say, "You don't, don't, don't go stupid places at stupid times, doing stupid things with stupid people." So this gentleman here kind of broke a little bit of those rules. This was late in the evening. It was shortly before midnight, uh, and he was out getting Chinese food. So this the seventy two year old gentleman was out getting Chinese food in Philadelphia. Now, should we be allowed to go anywhere that we like within our free country? It's yes. America. We should absolutely. So, but uh, knowing where you are and and the type of town you're in, sometimes there's just better options. But he made the choice that he did. He went out to get Chinese food late at night. Um, he was out on the street and he was approached by two younger people, and the the article states that they pulled a firearm on him. The assumption was that they were looking to potentially rob him, at least that's the assumption. Um, and he then, from out of his pocket, he has a pocket pistol. He, it, The article states he worked in security. I'm assuming he's retired, although the article didn't clarify that. He pulled out his pocket pistol and fired upon these two gentlemen who had first pulled their pistol on him. Mm. There was an exchange of gunfire both ways. This older gentleman was hit in the lower leg. It is unknown if the other, t- if the, uh, the, the two... Uh, I don't want to call perps. them gentlemen. Perps. 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 That's a much better, more appropriate word. Were hit. They did not take themselves to a hospital. Uh, so, but but this article kind of brought to light um, a, a, a concept and an idea. There's this there's this mindset or this this concept of a disparity a disparity of force. So certain persons within the population are you know because if you think about it, so he had a firearm pulled on him. So was his life at risk potentially? Absolutely. He's an older gentleman. He he didn't have. He was not going to likely be able to win any hand-to-hand combat, you know. And there's nothing he could have done. Can he outrun them? No, um, you know. So he he has age working against him, and he had a firearm. He had to he had a draw from the drop. So he pulled his firearm. He did fire. He we don't know if he hit. You know. And going back to Mr. Stretz that we had in the last segment under under stress, you're going to sink to your lowest level of training. So under stress, adrenaline's flowing. We don't know that he hit. I don't know. What are the odds? You don't even know if he's been to a range in a while. <laughs> in a long time. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. You know, it's, it's just as crazy. It, well, see, the whole idea of, of frequent range shooting is is seems to be a newer concept. Generations past, they receive training once upon a time, and then they just carry for life, well, they, and they, yeah. don't, they don't continue, and, and mm-hmm. a majority of them don't. Well, it's just, they figure, you know, it's like a bicycle. Yeah. Right. Right. You know. Once you fall up, you get back on right again. And would, it always sticks with you. Alicia, would you say, <clears throat> I've never quite heard it asked this way. 
Uh-oh. And I'm looking for your I'm looking Uh-oh. for your opinion. <laughs> Maybe this is something to kind of think about rather than answer right on the spot. Is there a different standard for brandishing and actually using the firearm? Yes. So talk a little bit about that. So, uh, gosh. So when it comes to brandishing, that's a, you know what? You know what I mean? Because yeah, the idea, there it's, is. It's, it's a little bit of a, it's difficult. In other words, if you describe a scenario where two people are interacting, mm-hmm. you know, and somebody's threatening, attacking, whatever, mm-hmm. two people are interacting. Is there a scenario that exists where it's where someone could accurately say it's okay to brandish in that situation? It wouldn't be okay to actually pull the trigger in that situation. It's kind of a tricky question, isn't it? So, morally, yes. Legally, it's pretty cut and dry. Yeah. So it's it, so it kind of depends on what perspective you're coming from, and every every state has a different law uh, surrounding wouldn't, brandishing. Wouldn't pointing at it. At it the, does at the target have a lot to do with mm-hmm. brandishing Absolutely. versus, and then yeah. Well, and brandishing exactly. doesn't necessarily mean you're pointing. No, no, no. no. That's what I'm saying. You're no, waving yeah. it all over the place. Brandishing, you could showing. you could simply you just, lift your shirt and just yeah. show that you've got you've got a grip sticking out of your yeah. pants. Yeah, it, it doesn't mean that you even have it in your hands. As in Fargo, are we understood? Yeah. <laughs> are we clear? <laughs> are we clear? <laughs> Blood's all rolling down his face. I love that movie. <laughs> you know, but, so uh, you know, wood chipper. Yeah, <laughs> I can't start my you right in the wood chipper. I can't. <laughs> you brandish wrong, you're going to go right nah, in the wood, the wood chipper. chipper yours, yours. <laughs> no, I, 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 so, so what would be the point in, in a court of law? Is that what you're thinking? Well, I just think that uh, it's important to understand that if you are brandishing, if you're going to pull, um, you can't do it. Uh, you're basically have made the decision that, hey, my life is in danger and Mm -hmm. I'm using lethal force. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not just kind of waving around going, hey, I got this gun, hopefully, you know. Stay over there. Hopefully, if you brandish in some manner, it it will stop the attack. And then you'll make a different decision at that time. You'll you'll stop your attack, but if not... Uh, but the, the right. moment that you made that decision to brandish and to pull it, you better already be justified. Yeah, you Otherwise, you're yeah, legally yeah. in trouble. That's yeah. exactly the point right there. That's when you call Excellent John job. Dillon. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we into a John Dillon commercial. <laughs> for sure. Coincidentally. It sounded like one, to be honest with you. All right, hey, this is Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. You're listening to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. Hey, a lot of companies waste an enormous amount of money on marketing. And the the design's good, photos are great, but your website just looks bad or looks good on your phone. But it's not getting any customers. Why? Because you don't have the words that make people buy. But now you can fix that with SageTree. SageTree can help you find the words that make it easy for your customers to understand what you do and how to buy from you. Stop wasting money today and schedule a call. Getting started is easy. Just visit sagetree.com and click on the schedule an appointment button. That's sagetree.com and click on the schedule an appointment button. So last week was a big week in San Diego politics. I don't know if you heard. Wait, what happened? Yeah, really. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to talk about it. I really wanted to uh, make a few points and spell this out. 
So Nathan Fletcher, supervisor Nathan Fletcher, um, he actually started out as assemblyman Nathan Fletcher. In fact, he was actually the exec a long time ago. He was the executive director of the San Diego County Republican Party. And then he got into the assembly. He wanted to run for um, as a Republican, and he wanted to run for mayor against Filner back when mm, Filner right. and Carl DeMaio and Barney Domenis all ran for San Diego mayor. And the Republicans endorsed Carl DeMaio, rightfully so. Mm-hmm. Carl's fantastic, and he had been working so hard. And Nathan threw a fit, left the Republican Party, became a Democrat, left his Republican wife, found a Democrat wife, and uh, here we are today. So he um, ran for and won as county supervisor, took over the county board, and uh, you know, has been up on his high horse ever since. So one one re-election handily, and what happened was last week Wednesday, he tweeted out and said, "Hey, I'm not running for state senate anymore," because he was going to run to be a state senator, mm-hmm. because I have I want to deal with issues, personal issues, having to do with PTSD when I, when he was in the Marine Corps, having to do with alcoholism, having to do with um, uh, unresolved issues from when he was growing up. Now, I got to tell you, so many people said, oh, my gosh, you know, politics aside, we're so sorry. Boo-hoo. Yeah. Well, and, you know, insincere. And that really does truly show how compassionate people are. And I think that's wonderful. However, there was a small group of people, including myself, that didn't believe a word of it. <laughs> Immediately, okay, he something is huge is about to come out. Something's amiss. And he's getting out in front of it. There is no way that he's going to drop out of this race. He would have just walked into the state Senate. He wouldn't have had to work at all. Mm -hmm. There's not a single competitor, Democrat or Republican, that was going to keep him out of the state Senate. And he, for him to suddenly decide to deal with issues, it's not what happened. Um, And sure enough, and I thought, well, this is going to take who knows how long, you know, for, for whatever, shoot to, to fall. But, that was a big thing for mm-hmm. him to do that because he's such an egomaniac. Mm-hmm. He's such he has so many sociopathic traits that for for him to walk away from being a state senator is crazy. Well, like I said, I knew something was up. I knew something was up. Sure oh, enough, Sherlock. Sure did enough, you find anything? Well, I didn't. But what happened was they reported. Uh, I think it was KUSI. I don't know. if It was the next day. I think it was the next day. They they it already all came out. And what yeah. happened is he's being accused and being sued in civil court by a former employee of the mass transit system. Mm-hmm. Of course, he was the chair of the of this board um, of uh, of sexual harassment mm-hmm. and uh, uh, being fired. You know, and uh, sexual assault. Um, I got to tell you, this isn't a story. And one th- one of the points I really want to make: this isn't a story about a politician cheating on their spouse. Mm-hmm. That's not that's not what this story is about. If that's all it was, it wouldn't even be a story. No, wouldn't even be talking. About In it. fact, everybody, it's kind of been this horribly kept secret that the two of them have been. I, they have some kind of arrangement, apparently. There have been whispers of them, you know, cheating before. There have been credible, you know, sources that have said that he's cheated before. 
and, and you know, it, it's just not even. I can't even tell you. It's just not even a thing mm-mm, anymore. Mm-mm. I mean, it's almost expected that you know half right. these or three quarters of these elected officials. Hell, you don't even have to be an elected official. You know, cheating these days is so common. It's not a story about cheating on your spouse. Mm-hmm. It's a story about an elected official, Nathan Fletcher, abusing his position, uh, not just with having relations with a with a with a uh, intern, wasn't with, it? With, she's not an intern. She was an employee. Uh, you know, someone underneath him. No pun intended. <laughs> um, but up the it, it's the sexual assault part and the fact that she got fired. That's, I mean, that's the abuse of power right there. I know some classes she can take. Yeah, really. <laughs> so, so you're right. He's getting ahead of it. He, he's mm-hmm. getting way ahead of it. Um, and then uh, it, it, there's a second accuser. Uh, a ninth, she was nine. Well, she's older now, but apparently she interned for Nathan's 501c3. They went on an out of town trip, according to this, uh, the accuser. And according to the accuser, he was, you know, propositioning and doing all kinds of inappropriate stuff. Um, but but this is now going to civil court. This is now going to civil court, and I wouldn't be surprised if uh, it goes to criminal court. And that forced him to announce that he's actually stepping down from the county board. Um, he says he's in rehab, but he keeps tweeting. And I don't know. There's no rehab out there that allows people to access to social cell media. Yeah. <laughs> He's such an egomaniac. He's such a, a, a liar. Um, I got to tell you, it's it's really been interesting. I've heard from people I haven't talked to in years who were really involved in the Republican Party years ago who who, who are just you know elated that he's finally getting his comeuppance. Mm-hmm. And the fact that his wife, Lorena Gonzalez, who was so critical of others, mm-hmm. who is so vocal about being a feminist, Mm-hmm. You know, who's basically saying, hey, the accuser is a liar. And I thought we were supposed to believe women. You're supposed to believe us, Mike. I know, right? Wasn't it what, what, me. The, the Me Too movement a few years that ago? That was it. Mm-hmm. That was it. She yep. was a big part of that, you know, and believe all women. Okay, well, why aren't we believing this one exactly? Because mm-hmm. it gets the narrative. That's why. Absolutely ridiculous. Completely and totally um, believable. It's not unbelievable in any way if you've spent any amount of time with well, Nathan. and it's all going to come out. It's all coming out. It's sure. all. I mean, you, you could get ahead of it all you want, but it's still going to smack you in the face. And the idea that now, my understanding from credible sources and people around him is that after his time in the Marine Corps, um, he did have some issues that were probably looked a lot like PTSD, and he definitely had issues with with alcohol. Mm-hmm. And I that's that's about as that's about as much as I know. Right? I can't diagnose. I don't right. know. Right. Right. But to but nobody who knows him, nobody who would look at this thing and really look at the facts and look at the accusations and look at the behavior, nobody would would, would fall for this one. Well, nobody would say, well, gee, the only reason he's, he's doing these things is because of the PTSD and because of the alcoholism. He is clearly and, and horrifically hiding mm-hmm. behind legitimate struggles that people have. I mean, to, to basically say, hey, you know what? My bad behavior. It's PTSD, so you know you can't criticize me. It's, you know I, I get to deal. With, I get a pass. Take ownership of it, man. I, I, exactly. I mean, it is. This is you know akin to stolen valor. It's mm-hmm. a slap in the face to 
the veteran community. It's a slap in the face to anybody that's dealt with any kind of PTSD. It's not an excuse. It's nowhere near an excuse. And for him to hide behind it and pretend that this is valid and pretend that you know it makes it any different is is horrific. Because he's a public figure. That's why he they're you know separate set of rules, right? Because he doesn't an apply to official. him. Nope. Nope. At least so that's what he thinks. One of the things we're going to do this week, because we don't think that people should should be allowed to live by, you know, th- there should be separate sets of rules. Even though, you know, we're heavily supporters of the, of course, CCWs. You know, that was our big vict- one of our big victories in mm-hmm. San Diego, mm-hmm. and we're completely against the idea of gun violence restraining orders. The reality is, someone who are, is accused of of the crimes. You know, someone that's involved in 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 the uh, situation that he's involved in, someone who's made the admissions that he has, would two things would happen: they'd lose their CCW, and a gun violence restraining order would be exercised against them. Right? If 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 you are <laughs> Dave, Dave already sees where I'm going. Oh, I know where I you're going where with you're this. Going so he said, "Hey, look, I'm mentally unstable. I'm so mentally unstable." I'm stepping down. That I have to step down from a race that I would have walked right into, right? This yeah. this state senate race. So he's coming out and saying, "Hey, I guys, I'm mentally unstable. I have to go to rehab. I have to, um, you know, get get counseling and therapy. Number one. Number two, he's stepping down from his job because he's being accused of not just cheating on his wife. You know, that's not what the accusation is. The accusation is sexual assault. Is the accusation." Somebody in those conditions, could they get and keep a CCW? No. Absolutely but not. But who is going to pull the trigger? Well, wait. wait. Mm. That's, that's the question dun, dun, dun. that we're going to publicly ask. Yes. And if somebody did have those uh, types of accusations against them, would Mara Elliott file a, uh, a gun violence restraining order against that person? Now, I know he has a CCW, and of course he is absolutely a firearm. He owns a firearm. So if... You know, this, whether or not we agree or disagree with gun violence restraining orders, he's someone that's been vocal about, number one, restricting the rights of CCW holders, and number two, uh, uh, implementing and expanding gun violence restraining orders. Fine. You have to live by the rules that you expect others to live by. But, would mm-hmm. you know, just being the devil's advocate, would you not have to be prosecuted for those clients? No. You do not have to. No. If it's the an accusation. In fact, um, there, uh, we just heard at our monthly meeting last month an attorney named Gary Gibson, who's awesome, um, great guy, defense attorney. He uh, defended somebody who brandished; who, they were being attacked mm-hmm. and brandished. Didn't even point the gun, just brandished, um, and they were prosecuted. Won the case, lost the CCW though during the prosecution. Lost the CCW. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably, we're, we're actually going to do some things to help him get it back. But um, uh, so no is the answer to your question though. Okay, it, you don't right. have to be convicted. Gotcha. Um, and that's exactly the reason for a gun violence restraining order. At least that's what they tell so me. So you're the first person to thought of this. I'm always I'm always the first person. I know. To do this. You're right on top. But of I got to tell you. But listen, I wanted to come on and explain it first. I wanted to tell the actual story about about yes. Nathan and what a horrible person he is. But then I also wanted to come on and say, hey, look, we don't agree with these gun violence restraining orders. We think people should have CCWs. You know, but. But what, what what trumps all that is the fact that he needs to live by the rules he thinks everyone else yeah. No, We're not playing favorites here. There you go. So until the law has changed, people like Nathan Fletcher have to live by it. I agree. 100%. He made his bed. Now sleep on it. Lying. Gun Owners Radio, FM 961 AM 1170. The answer.
folks, welcome back. This is Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. Is there a better tool that empowers a woman to defend against an attacker than a 100-pound bigger? Nope. That's why nope. it's so important for women to learn how to defend themselves with the most effective self-defense tool ever invented. For women, led by women, the Not Me program is designed to help with training, purchasing a gun, and getting a concealed carry permit. And guess what? It is free. To sign up, go to notmest.org. The program is also available in Orange County and Inland Empire. Get help today at notmest.org. Okay, so we're going to have, we heard from her at uh, in the 4 o'clock segment, Ms. Heather Hawk from Orange County Gun Owners. She's the executive director, and she wants to come on and talk about something that's happening in Irvine that we definitely need your help with, particularly if you live anywhere near Irvine. So, Heather, how are you? I'm doing good. I'm back again. I have a case of deja vu now. <laughs> <laughs> So, so, so what exact? So, talk about what's going on in the beautiful city of Irvine. Well, there was um, one of the city council members, Kathleen Trezener. Um, she has put forth a memo. She was asking to um, have a discussion started about getting an ordinance in place for Irvine for responsible gun storage. Responsible and, gun storage. Yes. It's, a, it's like responsible and common sense. You know, they have all those those little trigger words in there. <laughs> um, she, what she's looking to do is we already have safe storage ordinances that's a state level. And that's, of course, to store if tr- children are present or if a person who is prohibited is in your home. Um, but she is kind of doing she wants to follow some of the other cities like um, San uh, San Diego, I believe, has it in there and Los Angeles. Um, San Jose, you know, she wants to put a similar ordinance in that they have where in addition to that, um, where we normally it would be your responsibility as an adult and a gun owner to store as you see fit. Um, She wants to put additional um, ordinance in where you have to store it separate from like the firearm unloaded locked um, uh, from the ammunition. So unless it's actually on your persons or in your immediate possession. So that's and that's the big curveball that they've thrown in. Mm-hmm. You're right. There have been a couple of cities in San Diego. There have been a few cities in California that have have done this. And, and everyone uh, <clears throat> who's aware, everybody in the gun community, their first question is, well, "What about Heller? Heller versus D.C.? That's exactly what that Supreme Court uh, decision was all about. Um, basically, uh, you know, in D.C., you had to store your firearm uh, broken down, inoperable, uh, locked up, whatever. And of course, the uh, Supreme Court said that that is uh, unconstitutional. So the difference between these ordinances, the one that they're going to talk about in Irvine, the one that's in San Diego, the one that they're spreading throughout California, is that they there is an exception if you're basically if you're in control of the firearm. Now, what does that mean in control of the firearm? Well, the most uh, obvious uh, uh, definition would be that you're you're touching it. If you're touching the firearm. It doesn't have to be stored, inoperable, separate from the ammo, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So that's why they're saying that this law is significantly different from the Heller versus D.C. law, which uh, hasn't been tested in court yet. And I, I think they're wrong, but uh, hasn't been tested in court yet. La Mesa tried to pass this and it failed. That Was it a year or two ago? La Mesa tried to pass it, mm-hmm. and we were a big part of making sure that that failed. If you helped get Laura Lothian elected, you were a big part 
of making sure that that failed. Um, Heather, with the I remember in her in her uh, resolution or in her proposal, she talked about kids. You know, saying, "Hey, we need to keep these firearms away from kids." And you brought up an excellent point: the fact that hey, that's already a law. They're they, they're totally misleading. It's the it's the shell game. You know, hey, look over here, look over here, um, and uh, that's already a law. If you are if a child accesses your firearm, um, you know, unauthorized, um, you you have violated the law. So th- this this storage law in Irvine that they're proposing is has nothing to do with that. It's not going to help that in any way. <clears throat> exactly. And, and she notes in there, too, about there's locks are provided by the Irvine PD free of charge um, for the cable locks. But, I mean, even if when you go to purchase a firearm, you're, you have to either purchase a, a cable lock or it comes with the firearm. So, I mean, it's, all of these things are in place. And it, it, it's, at, it's just adding that addition um, you know, trying to say you have to store it separate from the ammunition in your home. I mean, that's most, the vast majority of people have firearms for self-defense. So <laughs> it makes no sense why you would keep it separate from its ammunition. I mean, even if you have it in a lockbox, it's, it, it's fine to have it loaded, I w- in my opinion, because, you know, you, you're going to need it and you don't, that extra, you need it in seconds, not minutes. So you need, need to have access to it as quickly as possible and if you have to stop and go to one place to get your firearm and then stop and go to another place to get your ammunition, it, and it makes absolutely no sense for somebody to use it for self-defense. And that's, that's the danger. People ask, uh, well, gee, Mike, why would anybody, you know, oppose this? I mean, you're, they're just asking you to simply, you know, lock well, up your firearms, they put those sexy titles right? on there. They make you feel like a yeah, schmuck for saying no, that exactly. you don't responsible you hate, storage. You must, right. hate, you must hate people. Right. That must be it. And but, number one, if it's wrong, it's wrong. You don't have to explain yourself, but uh, you know. Number two, if you, to to explain, these storage laws are not making things safer. In fact, they're making things more dangerous for people who need to defend themselves. Expect to see home invasion rise. Expect to see mm-hmm. home invasion rise. Expect to see home invasions get more dangerous. Mm-hmm. You know, because now you know a single 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 woman has no kids. You know, now she has to lock up or you know keep her her firearm. Um, inoperable you know at all times uh you know she can't get to it uh you know the other thing is how are you going to enforce this thing are we sending cops door to door to make sure come knock on my door yeah right you know (laughs) i mean it's absolutely ridiculous and i'll tell you what happens with these kinds of you know vague enforcement laws is uh you know let's say somebody is sneaking around in her backyard and she does call the cops cops show up well, there's her gun sitting on the nightstand. Boom! That's how it gets enforced. You know, that's how it's, it's that kind of. Or there's a medical emergency, something like that. You know, uh, ambulance shows up, cops show up. That's how it gets enforced. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of. That's the kind of. It does a lot of damage to people who just want to exercise their right, just want to uh, be safe. You know, and it, it just want to protect themselves. Right. It's turning victims into. Um, not just victims of criminals, but victims of bad public policy. And that's not right. right. Exactly. So, and if, if you even look at the memo, too, it, 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 she kind of shows her colors there because she mentions that she mentions the other cities, but she says Irvine would be leading the way as the first city in Orange County to have such an ordinance. So 
in my opinion, reading that, I feel like it's not focusing on the true, like being safe and safe gun handling. It's we want to be the first to say that we put this in place. But, you know, you don't really look at what it does and how it affects your 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 city members, the people who live your residents um, as a whole. So it's not just Irvine as well. It'll be affected because, you know, that's going to if it if it doesn't get stopped now, it's going to spread exactly which is yeah. exactly what's happening yeah it's, it's pretty okay so when is this when is this happening when is this actually going in front of the city council heather so they initially she had it as march 28th but they had too full of a agenda to put it on there so they are moving it to april 11th um and that's the next city council meeting so here in not this coming tuesday but the following tuesday uh, i am waiting for their agenda comes out the week prior so this Tuesday on April 4th, the agenda should come out. Uh, I'm going to send out a call to action via our emails um, to, to get it out to, the, to our members. Anyone who follows our, um, subscribes to our newsletter, um, we'll get it out there and ask them to also share it. Um, but I'll put the details on how people can help. So they, you know, most importantly, if they are residents of Irvine or Orange County and they can make that meeting, um, the, the meeting starts at four, but they won't hear public comments or go into that part of the agenda till five o'clock. So after five o'clock, um, if they can come and they want to speak, um, or at least just be there to support, that would be fantastic. Um, if they can't make it to the actual meeting, they, they offer a zoom option. So I'll send that information out as well. This can all be found on the city of Irvine website to um, enter their city council information. It's a little tricky and the website, like it takes you to a different link. So that's why I'm going to kind of put specific instructions in the email for everybody. Um, but they can join a Zoom call and they can also speak via Zoom. Um, you can also add e-comments before, so prior on the agenda, or you can do it during the meeting. There's two options there for that as well. Okay, so this is your opportunity, uh, especially if you live in Orange County, especially if you live in Irvine. This is your opportunity to make your voice heard. Also, by the way, dirty little secret here, you can show up to any city council meeting, uh, any any city council meeting, and speak whether you live in the city or not. Any city council meeting you attend, you do not have to tell them where you live, even, no matter what they say. If they Well, it's required. Wrong. It's actually illegal to require that. So they can say, well, well, gee, we need to know, we need to know, you know, you got to tell us. No, you don't. You don't You don't have to tell them your real name. You don't have to tell them where you live. You know, so you can go get your three minutes at any city council meeting, no matter where you live, anytime. And you don't have to tell them. Don't let them bully you into saying, well, I don't live in the city, so that they can dis- disregard your, your opinion. So um, that's important, not just for this one, but for every city council meeting. You do not, you can go talk at any city council meeting you want. You don't have to tell them. Your real name, you don't have to tell them where you live. And you shouldn't yeah, and it, put fake names. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, you can use a, you can do it anonymously. Michael Schwartz. Well, I mean, I, I, would, I would, everything you do, be, be respectful, so don't tell them your name's Mickey Mouse or whatever. Just tell them, you know, like, well, you know, I'm just going to go by Bob or whatever. I'd choose I live to, on the streets. I choose to be anonymous. Well, you have to tell us your name. No, I'm actually required, not required by law to tell you my name, and you are required to let me, to let me participate. You know, it's that simple. It's that simple, so... Um, yeah. Awesome. Are you going to be there, Heather? Yes, I am definitely going to be there. And, and like you said, I just to reiterate that it's Orange County. I mean, it doesn't matter if or if it's the city of Irvine, it will spread to other cities and even to throughout the state. So we want to stop that. So anyone who can make it, um, even if you're not in this county, come on in. Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to. I'm going to be there as well, and we're going to have a formal statement 
from Orange County gun owners. Um, and uh, but but you know we need people to pile on. We need people to show up. This is it. This is how. This is activism. When is it? One more time. Um, it's April 11th, Tuesday, and the meeting starts at 4, but officially where they start doing comments and more of the public is 5 p.m. So. All right, super. All right, we'll be talking to you down the road. Thank you very much. This is Gun Owners Radio, FM 961, AM 1170. <clears throat> the Answer. All right, folks, welcome back. You are listening to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. Can you believe, guys, this is show 347? Don't laugh at me, What are you what laughing, are you at, laughing over at over there? Come on, what do you tell? Now you got to tell us. I, I just, I, I previewed the question. Oh, you, oh, you previewed? <laughs> I thought you were laughing at my, oh, my smooth jazz. <laughs> yeah, the I kind answer. of thought so. So, so Sam's going to laugh over this one? He might. What the hell? Anyway, no, no, yeah. A self-defense event happens in seconds, and in the time it takes to listen to this commercial, your life could change forever. I pray you're never forced to shoot in self-defense, but if you must, then you must be ready. That's why USCCA exists, because every responsibly armed American should have the training and education to navigate a self-defense situation. And should you ever need it, the 24-7 critical response team is right there for you. To discover more about the USCCA, visit uscca.com slash G-O-R. Act now because the life you save could be your own. That's uscca.com slash G-O-R. All right, Sam, you there? Wait a minute. we got to set it up. Time for everybody's favorite segment. Oh, yes. you got to do all that because Sam won't talk to you otherwise. Called He's got it's written in his contract. He's got it's in his contract. Yeah. Called Stump, my nephew. We found out years ago that my nephew is extremely good at firearms trivia. So if you write us an email and and have a really good firearms trivia question, and we use it on the air, we'll give you a hat or a shirt. And if you stump my nephew, we'll give you a really cool special prize. But good luck trying to stump my nephew. So this week we have special guest question asker, question Desi Berkman. Asker. Hi, Sam. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Not bad. All right. So your question this week is from Vic from San Marcos. And his question is, which firearm was highly regarded by pirates? Oh. Ooh. Vic from San Marcos. Thanks for writing in. Um, which firearm was favored by pirates? Uh, it's uh, it's a little bit of a vague question, so there are <laughs> there are different possible answers I could give. Uh, one answer I could give, um, which is I know not the one he's looking for, is uh, a uh, something like a, a deck gun loaded with grape shot, good for clearing enemy boarding parties. Um, but what I think he's probably looking for is a crow's foot pistol, which is a, a multi-shot black powder muzzle loader, also good for. Uh, uh, boarding operations. We'll read the answer that the. Uh, All right, so I'm going to read you the answer that I have written here. Shiver me timbers and R AR15. I think I just butchered that. Of course, <laughs> <laughs> actually, the flintlock pistol was highly regarded by pirates and carried when boarding ships. However, reloading was so slow that pirates often used pistols, but as a club. I don't like that question. That's so vague. Who made that? An R. I think that question was just written in order to do the R. I think somebody. I, I have fun saying that. Somebody <laughs> ran out of time. Tell us about what's it called? It's called a crow's foot. Yeah. 
Yeah, so um, I, I think the question was an excuse to use puns. Um, <laughs> yes. But uh, the, the the problem he's talking about is uh, with with a muzzle-loading pistol, you get one shot, and reloading is a very cumbersome and awkward process that takes a long time and takes two hands. So there were really two ways around that. One way was to use a brace of pistols, uh, have four or six so that you could fire multiple shots in rapid succession, Another option was uh, the crow's foot, which is maybe a little more obscure um, and a little bit more weird and specialized, and it has multiple barrels, so it's it's really a handheld volley gun, and you're firing multiple shots at once um, into a, a large crowd of uh, an enemy boarding party or something like that. Mm. Uh, so that's just another way around that reloading problem. Multiple barrels that it just one trigger. How did that? How did that? How do the, the yeah, mechanism... one trigger. They're they're all firing at once, so you'd better make sure you've got a good hold on that thing. It's just not not everyone used a crow's foot pistol. It's just one example of uh, something that that comes from the age of sail and was designed specifically for naval use. What do I just call a crow's foot? And then what's a because it looks like a crow's foot. Oh, what's a <laughs> a flintlock pistol that they're saying is the actual answer here? Um, flintlock just describes the operating mechanism. So um, you'll hear people say lock, stock, and barrel. That that means operating mechanism, um, of course, stock and barrel. <clears throat> the flintlock is an ignition system that uses a piece of flint in a little claw, um, and when you pull the trigger, a, uh, a catch releases, the, the sear releases the hammer, which has that piece of flint in it. Uh, the spring propels it into uh, a piece of steel, a curved piece of steel, covering the frizzen. Uh, when the piece of flint hits the steel, you get a shower of sparks which go into the frizzen and um, ignite the uh, uh, ignite the powder. The f- and, the f- and then you have and then a you boom. big puff of smoke from the black powder and a projectile going downrange. The term does he flash in a flash in a flash, flash in a pan? You ever heard of that term? Mm-hmm. So that has to do with with flintlock, mm-hmm. right? Ah. Sam, yes. If you're a flash in the pan, it means you, uh, you you didn't really ignite, you know. Which there was a there was basically a pan where the uh, they kept the uh, the flash powder, the right. flash powder. And if you were a flash in the pan, it means you didn't you didn't you really didn't you didn't do what you're supposed to do, right. <laughs> basically. Awesome okay. job. I'm going to say you got that right. I, you got, I think you got it even righter. You than, got uh, righter than the writer. Vic from San Marcos. Ow. Vic from San Marcos, if you're not happy with, with that decision, email us and we'll we'll figure something out. Yeah. We'll, we'll get you taken care of. We give that question a C for the pirate. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's been locked in there since he, noon. He's been, <laughs> I see why. He's been waiting yeah. to say that. He's been locked in there since noon. I see why. Um, <laughs> and with me, no less. Okay, so Sam, what's your latest blog? Tell us about your latest blog, my friend. My latest blog post from this past Monday is titled something to the effect of uh, things I wish I had known before I started reloading. Oh, wow. And this blog post, it really it does exactly what it says on the tin. Um, I reload at home. I make my own ammunition. I don't make all my own ammunition, um, just some. It's it's an interesting hobby, and it's one of the very specialized kind of sub-hobbies within the firearms world. And because it's so specialized and requires uh, a, a lot of it's, – it, it's, it's very complicated. There's a lot of stuff you really want to know going in. It's not something you can just jump into sight unseen and instantly be good at. 
there's a lot of preparation and work involved. So I wanted to make that a little bit easier for uh, some of the people who might be thinking about getting into reloading uh, as as a hobby, because it can be fun. It can be rewarding. It can even save you money, depending on how you define saving money. But you you can't just you can't just try it and, and play at it. You really have to know what you're getting into. So I, I consulted a good friend of mine who's been doing it for even longer than I have. And I asked for some of his tips that he's picked up. And I put those together in, in with some observations of mine. And I just hope it's helpful. That's awesome. What's a, what, what, what's one tip? Give us one tip. Uh, well, one tip that, that my friend I consulted uh, said was uh, it's, it's more than just a good press. There's a lot of equipment involved, and you have to make sure you know what equipment you need um, when you're going in. You can't just you know, pick up a, a single-stage press at, at a flea market and think, oh, I'm ready to reload now. No, you have to, you have, to have a lot of case prep tools. That's really a lot of it is prepping your brass. Very time consuming. That's nice. Awesome. So, what what do you re, what do you mainly do? You what do you do? Nine millimeter, or what do you reload mainly? Uh, I do thirty eight special. If I reloaded nine millimeter, I would be losing money. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. That's see. That's another one of the tips I have in my blog post, which is why you should all go read it. Is that there's a, a way you can calculate how much you're saving per round. Zing. There's so many different rounds yeah. now that it's more cost effective just to buy new it's are the price so of ammo dropping it's somewhat some it depends on the caliber but you know if you're if, when you're reloading just like sam mentioned you you have to purchase primers you have there's so many different right. bits and pieces and the it's equipment not alone i mean what, mm-hmm. what, what would if you if i gave you a blank check how much would you spend to set up a, a, the system you would like uh as much as possible because <laughs> there's a lot of really high-end equipment out yeah. there uh, but it's a sliding scale. Right, uh, right. That's why I don't include prices in the blog post because it all depends on what you buy. But right. if you just want to reload 9 mil, don't do that because it's cheaper to just buy right. it new in bulk. But if you're shooting something weird and rare and, and boutique, then, yeah, it's usually worthwhile to reload it so mm-hmm. you can dial in your exact load. Yeah, because less common calibers have not come down in price that I, much. By the way, I just got a text I, one of our one of our uh, favorite listeners is saying that it's a duck's foot, not a crow's foot pistol. Are there two different no. pistols, or is it a duck's foot? Uh, I don't know. I might have just messed up the name. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, he's claiming so everybody. You have two. You have two assignments. Go read his blog on reloading, and then Google and find out for yourself if it's duck's foot or what is it or duck's crow's foot. foot. It's a duck's foot. Awesome job, Russ. Russ, our one of our favorite listeners. He's actually a big fan of yours, by the way. Um, he uh, uh, loves this segment. So uh, thank you, Russ, for the do. for the uh, correction. Awesome job, Sam. Thank you for the history lesson, as always. Good job. I'm going to go read your, your blog. Right and uh, and uh, Dave's going to go uh, give me a blank check so Absolutely. I can start reloading. So you can start reloading. Yeah. Thanks a lot, buddy. Get some, get some fancy Dylan equipment. Thanks for having me on, as always. Good night. What, what, what is everybody wanting to check Good night, now? Sam. Thank you. Good night, Sam. Dave. Yeah, I know. If I gave you a blank check, and yeah, the last thing I heard, not you. I didn't stop listening to everything. Because you'd have no limit. I've seen your <laughs> your taste in things, but uh, man, can you believe that show's over already? That's it. That was a lot of fun. Time All flies right. when you're having fun. Having fun. Let's see how much time we got in there, Mister Board Up. A minute and what? Like a ninety seconds. Ninety so. seconds. Yeah. 
Subscribe to our show and give us a five-star review. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify. And please stop by our sponsor, San Diego County Gun Owners, Orange County Gun Owners, Inland Empire Gun Owners. In fact, you can join those. Uh, the Dillon Law Group, Sage Tree, if you want to get your uh, website fixed. San Diego Flight Training International, take me with you. And U.S. Concealed Carry Association. And a big shout-out to Alicia, Michael, Desi. Thanks for coming in. And, of course, the wizard, Brendan Thomas, our board op. Bob Siegel. Yeah, he's the wizard. Bob Siegel's in the wings. And he's literally got a show jam-packed, ready for you. Don't touch that dial. Hey, this is San Diego. Uh, this is Gun Owners Radio on SD. Or I can't do nothing. I'm done. <laughs> Tell us. 98.1 FM 1170. I think it's 96.1 or AM 1170. 7, 95. Hike. 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 The answer. <laughs>